Hello, is it blondes you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, we did say last episode we were going to start singing our intros, so... You're welcome. That one actually just came off the top of my head. Yeah, we didn't know who was going to start it. I just pointed at her. Yeah. Your turn. Usually we'll talk about it. We'll be like, you start, you start. You know, Tag your it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not today. Today that you just... Your ears just witnessed. <laughs> your ears witnessed? Because <laughs> you have eyes in your ears. Your ears just listen to pure improvisation. Garbage. That too. And this is Blonde Moments Podcast, and I'm Melinda Collins. And I am Gina Vogie. And I have a little funny story I'd like to start with, if you're okay with that. You know what? I'm perfectly okay with I want that. a good laugh. The world is falling apart. Everybody hates each other. I, I want to laugh. I love you. I love you. I love you too. But man, I just want to like be in a bunker and just. I know. Everybody's so angry about everything. That's yes. why you're here to laugh. And we're here to give you some laughs, even if we're just laughing at ourselves. <sighs> okay. So Jim sent the story in and said that basically he thought we'd get a good laugh from this. A naked elderly man high on crack cocaine and counterfeit Viagra pills was arrested by the United States Secret Services while engaging in sexual intercourse with the bronze mount of Andrew Jackson Andrew Jackson Andrew Jackson statue in Lafayette Square across the street from the White House. He was fucking the statue? <laughs> Was there like a crevasse in the statue? Is there a picture? There's a picture of the statue. But so it says, how do they know the Viagra was counterfeit? You have, you have too many questions. So many questions. 89-year-old Phineas Johnson had taken off his clothes and had climbed on the statue of General Andrew Jackson. And they found him awkwardly humping the massive bronze horse. <laughs> He wasn't even oh. humping Andrew Jackson. He was going to town on the horse. So there must have been a crevasse. Uh, there had to maybe like in between the horse's butt cheeks. I wonder if he got to finish. <laughs> <laughs> Collecting his semen off of the horse. Ew, Gina. <laughs> it doesn't say on here whether he came or not, but... We could only assume he wanted a... Uh, God, I hope for all that he at least got to fucking nut. <laughs> he at least got to finish. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see this, though. Honestly, like, just not close enough to get any fluids on you. Right. But, you know, maybe across the street, you see this naked old white man just going to pound town on the horse. <laughs> I, yeah. I would like to witness something like that as well. The counterfeit Viagra, though. Like, why was that important to say? What does it matter whether it's real Viagra or counterfeit? I don't know. But maybe... Is that like a... Is there an underground market for that? Counterfeit Viagra? Probably. There's probably a lot of people who are embarrassed to go to their doctor and get some. <laughs> it's illegal. We could start, we could start like, making some and selling it. On the black market? Maybe, well, he said he was high on crack too, right? Yep. Or meth or something. Crack cocaine. What's the difference between crack and meth anyways? I feel so uneducated. 
I think it's a completely different substance. So is cocaine it? comes from plants where meth is, is synthetic. It's made from different pills and shit I like that. I have no idea. I watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> so I am. Oh, yeah, that's right. They made meth, right? Yeah. So it's like Sudafed and I don't know all the other things in it. Pseudoephedrine. Where like cocaine is actually from... Right. So what do they do? Do they take the cocaine and make like a crack rock out of it? Like yeah. boil it or something? They must. We're <laughs> we sound so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> and I feel like we've had this conversation already. So I the fact that we like still we don't know is bad. Is bad. Yeah. <laughs> we need to educate ourselves. On all things crack. Cocaine and crystal meth. You know what? Amphetamines. You know what, too? So you've given me shit over the fucking year here podcasting about Nickelback. Oh, God. My band that I hate with a fiery passion that I realized anytime I hear their music, it is like somebody's shoving a screwdriver in my ear is Train. Oh, I'm not a huge Train fan either. Not that bad. Oh, you know who? I, what band I feel that way about? Pearl Jam. <gasps> This whole friendship has been a lie. I'm sorry. I will tell you, they do have some weird shit, though. Pearl Jam, they have like, they'll have like the 10, the album 10 is fantastic, start to finish. But some of their other stuff is literally like, it all sounds the same. That's one of my favorite things is trying to figure out what the fuck he's saying in some of his songs. I can't. My husband joins me on this one too. Thank you, babe. He fucking hates Pearl Jam too. Anytime it's on, we both immediately change the channel. I like their older stuff. Again, like the Tens album is one of my favorite albums ever. Mm -mm. Um, start to finish I can listen to that whole album but then once you start getting to like after Vitalogy you lost me I'd rather listen to Nickelback than Pearl Jam (gasps) yay (laughs) Chad do you (laughs) hear that how excited she looks right now (laughs) but we're not going to touch base on this a whole lot but I did put up my Christmas decorations and while I was decorating I had the Christmas channel on on the TV and train has Christmas songs that are just fucking garbage and it was making me so angry because I'm like this isn't Christmas music you're singing about <laughs> stuff that doesn't like it was so it made me physically angry oh my listening to their shit music well since you brought up Christmas which I have been previously before this episode started banned to talk about because apparently we've been talking about it too much Christmas and Thanksgiving <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm not on board with, because I know this won't come out until next week, but it is Monday, November 9th, people. November 9th. And there are not one, not two, but three motherfucking radio stations on playing Christmas music nonstop. It's for people like me. It's too soon. You know why I say it's too soon? Because it makes the actual day less anticipated, less fun. Like, I don't want to hear Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Fucking seven, eight well, weeks just like before you Christmas. Turn Pearl Jam. Don't go to that station. But it's twenty twenty. We right need past him. we need some fucking joy. So <laughs> if it's Christ giving us this joy on November 9th. I did see one turkey, like a ceramic turkey on your island. So. And I have a Thanksgiving little thing that's hanging there. <laughs> I have a few things. All right, we'll be done with the Christmas talk. next.
I did sorry. put Chris and I did put our Christmas lights up, but only because it was seventy degrees yesterday. Yeah, we did not turn them on. Well, we did. We had them on. We had a you lot of compliments. You sent me a photo. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't even like trains. Regular music. What about Drops of Jupiter? That's no, an okay. It's one. garbage. I hate it all. I think their lyrics are fucking stupid. <laughs> It literally, like, I just get, you know what, if you're out there and you love Train, I apologize. I'm not shit-talking you as a person, but I can am. If you're out there and you love Pearl Jam, I don't apologize. I fucking hate Pearl Jam. I take offense. Now I have a whole, now I got to find another band I hate just to be equal with you. I'm sure they're out there. I hate most rap music, so, especially um. today's rap music. There's a lot of today's rap music I cannot get on board with. Oh my gosh, which this makes me think of a discussion we had at work the other day. Okay. Do you know how many rappers are out there that start with Lil? Every one of them. (laughs) 8,000. And the only one I really like is Lil Wayne. Lil John. But there's so many. Lil Yachty, Lil Dicky, Lil Dirk. There's so many. So my question for you is if you had to have a little rap name, what would it be? Lil Pussy. <laughs> my <laughs> I have two that I go back and forth. I can't decide which one I like better than the other. Either Lil Nay or Lil Ness. <laughs> <laughs> now Lil Nay is because of your middle name? Yeah, Danae. <laughs> Lil Ness. Lil Nay. I think Lil Nay has like a, you know, nice. They actually both sound pretty good. Or Lil Ness. And I would never be a rapper. I have no talent of that whatsoever. So. I mean, some female rappers out there don't either. I'm just saying. Okay. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I don't even know how we get on this tangent. We're, I, would, I wanted to bring up a band I finally realized. That, I mean, I've talked about it before that I don't like Train, but like yesterday I was like, shut up. station. Change it now. Anywho, whatevs. That was your freaking bone to pick with. <laughs> <laughs> She's like angrily swiping on her phone right so now. So angry. Thinking about that. Tra- what Train song was it that really No, there was like off? four Christmas songs that came up and they one was worse than the next. I hated them all. Because, <laughs> like, if I'm going to listen to mu- like that kind of music, I like, like, Bing Crosby and Burl Ives, you know? I like the classics Nat as King well, Cole. too. Uh, you know what? I like Sarah McLaughlin stuff, Martina McBride. You can throw some Carrie Underwood in there for me, too. But Train, you're not – like, the I'm over. I'm done. I'm done. I'm let – let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Don't get too riled up over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, when I came to your house today, your husband was throwing out your leftover chicken noodle soup because I can't eat you can't chicken eat leftover chicken noodle soup that the chicken's been sitting in the soup. And for overnight. so, you know, people are like, oh, if it's five days, you're going to get sick. You're going to die of food poisoning. Well, I came across an article oh. where people actually died after eating toxic noodles. A Chinese family of nine. The noodles were made from fermented corn flour and is a common dish in the region they live in i guess they died after eating spoiled noodles that had been kept in the freezer for nearly a year authorities said oh i mean you would think that i don't think i've ever frozen anything with noodles i don't think i have either i mean you buy like frozen lasagna scary 
It said that the family ate them for breakfast, and hours after chowing down, those who consumed the noodles fell ill. Eight of them had been confirmed dead several days later, and the ninth member was hospitalized but ultimately died. Wow. That's crazy. The cause of their deaths was poisoning from bongcrecic acid, a respiratory toxin detected in the noodles, which had been frozen for several months. Wow. That's so crazy. When I used to work at the dental office, I made turkey taco bowls. But so like you don't eat the shell, you know, so you just have like ground turkey with your seasoning and lettuce, tomato, all that stuff. And I had brought it for work. I had eaten it two days in a row. And then it just kind of the whole Tupperware container ended up getting kind of pushed to the back of the fridge, right? I forgot all about it. I'm usually one of those people I make sure I take it home at the end of the night. Totally forgot. So like six or seven weeks later, I am going in the back by the lunchroom to go to the bathroom. And I notice my Tupperware container is sitting opened, kind of like there's still food in there, but it was like almost empty, like somebody ate it. And so I'm like, oh my God. Oh, Like turkey too, right? Turkey like, ugh. And this is how old? It was at least seven weeks old. Oh, no. Six, six to seven weeks old. No. So I'm like, oh, my God. So we, I call my dentist a goat. Like, literally, this man can eat anything. He'll eat, like, a tin can and be just fine, right? <laughs> so hopefully it was him that ate it. It was him that ate it, and he was fine. Nothing wow. happened. He didn't puke. He didn't have the, the poops. Nothing. And I was Did like – Did you tell him? Yes. And he's like, oh, it's fine. I'm like, that is – I can't even <laughs> – it's like that old school mentality that my grandma was like that too. She's like, it's fine. If there was a little mold on it, they just wipe it off. You eat it Ugh. still. You Even know? in my own fridge, if I found something that I didn't know how long it was in there for, like shoved in the back, there's not a chance in hell I would eat it. Even knowing I'm the one who made it, you know, like I wouldn't just be like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll just eat this. Not even. I, right. I'd be like, how old is this? Whose is this? I understand that sell by dates aren't very they're not as strict sure. as people think they are sure. oh not my husband if it's one hour past the sell by date he's like can't <laughs> eat it um i'm a little bit more lenient but it makes me think of like those episodes of hoarders where you uh-huh. see people who have food that's years from the old. 90s yeah that they're eating still yeah. and they don't get sick yeah i mean that's like you know have you seen that meme that was going around if you ever used in the old bathrooms, like in elementary school, it was like the towel and you pull the towel through and it keeps going oh, through. yes. It's like if you've used those when you were a kid, you're immune to corona. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably because they've developed mm-hmm. such an immunity to things because yeah. they're living amongst molds and feces and dead animals. Yes. And eat, like, <laughs> like whenever they open the refrigerators of the people on hoarders, that's the part that's hard for me to stomach because – these fridges are so fucking disgusting yes. and they're still eating food out of there. Yeah. That's like a horror movie. To me. The one thing I don't have any wiggle room on uh, when it comes to expiration dates is dairy. I agree. There's some things oh where you're like, yeah, it'll be fine. But dairy, one well, with dairy, you can usually smell yeah. if it's turned. If I smell even a little bit of funk, I get gaggy. Dairy yeah. is not it for me. Mm-hmm. I could. Well, because dairy will like curdle and stuff. I don't personally eat a lot of dairy. I prefer like coconut milk or oat milk or things like that. But yeah, if I do eat dairy, it, it better be fucking fresh. And <sighs> usually it's in the form of like, you know, cheese on a pizza or something. <laughs> But like milk, 
my God. If I open that and I can even like, even if it's like, mm, it's questionable, I'd, I'll dump. It could be a fresh gallon of milk. I'll dump that whole thing out. Yeah. Not a chance in hell. And that sour smell Ugh, too. I, I got to stop because I this this conversation will make me pukey. <laughs> and I am also somebody who I cannot share anything. I can't share a glass of milk with somebody. The thought of it makes me physically nauseous. Why would you want to? Well, like yogurt. So when I worked at the restaurant, Will, one of the servers, he would like sometimes I'd see him like take spoonfuls out of my yogurt. I'm like, it's all you now, honey. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. I also almost forgot. I have to report on the Agejo. Yes. Agahe. Agejo. We always get the name wrong. You think as much as we talked about it, we'd get the name right. So it's too much work to look it up to find out the correct pronunciation. Too much work. So my husband was a little behind, thankfully for me, to listening to the episodes, but I wasn't sure. So I told him I wanted to try something new, you know, like in the bedroom or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like (laughs) putting out the feelers, he's like, okay. And, you know, God love Christopher. He's very, you know, like open to things. He's like, hey, if you're into it, I'll try my best to support it. So I start making the face. (laughs) This was before we started having sex or whatever. And he looks at me and he was like, are you okay? (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm fine. He was like, okay, (laughs) you don't look fine, Uh you know. Are you having a stroke? I was like, you don't want me to be on top of you making this face? And I did it again. He was like, no. So then I start explaining to him what it is. You know, I'm like, well, I pulled up an article and I was reading, you know, about what it is. And I pulled up the same video that you and I watched on Pornhub and mm-hmm. I showed him these girls making these faces. And so he was <laughs> so confused at this point because he didn't know if I was being serious or uh-huh. not. Right. And I was like, it's like a form of hentai, you know, like Japanese porn. He was like, Okay, you know, he was like, I can't promise you that my dick will stay hard. (laughs) Well, at least he's honest. He was like, wait, are you into this? He's like, are you like actually into this? Uh And I was like, why? You know, and he was like, honey, I'm not into Japanese porn. (laughs) Let me explain. So at this point, I'm like crying, laughing. I'm like, no, I'm not into it. You know, it just I said I was going to see how you reacted to this, you know, this drooling face. And so then after that, we still had sex. But I was on top of him and he looked at me. He's like, you want to make the face, don't you? <laughs> I was like, I do, but I'm not going to do it because it would totally ruin the sex we were having, you know. <laughs> But there was like a part of me that so badly did just want to be like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad I got to see it. (laughs) (sighs) So there you have it, folks. (laughs) I tried it, but didn't try it. I was putting out the feelers to see how he would react. And well, one thing I found out is Chris is not into hentai. Oh, I won't be trying it. Because I don't think it, it was, was it, it would take me a, out of the mood completely. <laughs> it made for a good laugh. For it sure. Was entertaining. And then of course I had to text you because I was laughing so hard about it. 
But I didn't tell you the whole story. I told you I'd make you wait. Yes. I just like where he was like, I'm not into this. <laughs> but I love that he was willing to try it if I really was. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a good man. Yeah. You know, your wife wants to make this awful face during sex and you're just going to look away and tolerate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't promise my dick will stay hard. <laughs> just look away, honey. Look away. I have to make the face. <laughs> So today's episode is our true crime episode, and I found this really crazy story that I'm excited to share. Uh, it says normal, ma- and this is from Lad Bible. But it says normal mantelpiece items usually include clocks, candles, photo frames, but not usually skulls wearing sunglasses. Well, unless you're living in one particular house in Tennessee where a rather questionable living room ornament turned out to belong to someone called Junior Will McCann, who had been missing for eight years. They had a skull on their mantelpiece that was a real skull. Like, did they kill the person? So it doesn't – it Where did they get said skull from if they didn't kill him? There's so many questions left in the – like, but it's still a pretty new story. So there's not a whole lot of information on it. Wow. But the Morgan County Sheriff's Office had been informed that a positive ID had been made of a human skull that was found in this house. I don't know who turned it in, whatever. I will well, keep us up to date on this. Well, people are collectors of that type of stuff. Like, because my husband and I like to go antiquing, and you will see stuff like that at some antique places. Not, I've never seen a human skull, but mm-hmm. you'll see like bones or, you know, just kind of like oddities. They even have like specialty shops like that, like oddities shops, right, that have all that kinds of stuff in it because some people do like to collect it. So, I mean, maybe they bought it, like, as a collector's item. Yeah, who knows? Right. So I will try to remember to kind of keep tabs on that. But I was like, shit, that's so creepy. Yeah, that's really creepy. Mm -hmm. Especially if you didn't know that that was a missing person's skull in your house. Exactly. That would be really creepy. Well, I came across the Florida Woman article. Florida former ballet dancer charged with murdering husband amid a custody battle. Oh. A former professional ballet dancer has been accused of fatally shooting her estranged husband in Florida amid a custody battle over their daughter. Ashley Benfield, 28, was charged on November 5th with second-degree murder for shooting her estranged husband, 59-year-old Doug Benfield. She shot him twice. So that's quite an age gap, too. I never understand that, especially if it's over custody, because then you're both not going to have... Yeah, you're not going to ever see your child again, let alone have custody. Like, I I don't understand this. The couple was living separately, and they were in this custody battle over the daughter, and Doug Bedfield had gone to the home where Ashley Benfield was staying at the time, and they were the only people inside in the home when the shots were fired. He was rushed to a hospital but could not be saved. Multiple reports described Doug and Ashley Benfield as being active in the ballet scene and... A post on the American National Ballet Facebook page describes Ashley as a proud Maryland youth ballet graduate and retired professional ballerina. She's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Well, she said that he was attacking her, but detectives found no evidence to indicate that she was acting in self-defense. So right now she's been charged with murder. Damn. But this is a new case as well, too. So I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to keep tabs on this one to see what happens. Does it say how old the kid is? 
No, it didn't say mm. that. But I know that she was also claiming like he abused her and things like that. But then everybody said that that wasn't true. So I'll keep an eye on it. See what happens as well. You know, yeah. we love our true crime. All right. So my story this week it takes place in 1996. Which Oh, so this is an older one. Yeah, and the last true crime, both of our stories were in 96 too. Mine is newer. Okay, so 1996, Northport, Florida. Susan and Wayne Brown were living in their house and around 5.30 in the morning, they let their dogs out. And once they got out, the dogs ran to this particular palm tree. When Wayne looked out at his dogs, he saw that the dogs were just sniffing around this palm tree and they weren't leaving it alone. So he went out there to try to like figure out what's over there, you know, dead squirrel or something. So he calls his wife, Susan, and they both go out to this palm tree and they find there is a human skull. So they call the police. Once the officers got there, they find out that the dogs have been bringing back bones for months. And Susan and Wayne just thought that they were cow or deer bones because behind Ooh. their house was like a huge kind of like foresty sort of area. What kind of dogs were these? Big dogs? I mean, you would imagine they're carrying back human bones. <laughs> it's not like a chihuahua. upon examination they discovered that all of the bones that these dogs had brought back were in fact human so So wait wait, were the dogs just like chewing these human bones in the house Ugh. yeah they were bringing them to the back well the backyard i don't know if they were bringing the bones in the house but police go deeper into the woods and they found more decomposed human remains and more bones There was no clothes or any other articles of anything else around these remains and bones. So news spread throughout Northport, Florida, and people were getting freaked out, right? What's happening in these people's backyards? I mean, can you imagine you just find, like, decomposed body in your backyard? No. Fuck that. The medical examiner collected the bones and determined it was a 25 to 35-year-old white male. He was 6 foot 3 and had a large build. They also found several knife marks on the pelvic bones, which as we know... That's always pretty creepy. That means like it's like a scorned lover. Yeah, you would think they're trying to like stab his dick or something. Susan and Wayne then were looking at as suspects. They were questioned about where they had worked, where they had been. They wanted to know why they didn't call 911, but they called the other police. I think earlier I said they called the police, right? Did I say they called the police or 911? But they didn't call 911. They actually called like the Northport police. Obviously, it's not an emergency, so I think that's probably why they did that. But they still claimed their innocence. Police were not able to determine who the victim was. They went through and checked missing persons reports, but they were not having any luck. Four months later, 30 miles away in Charlotte County, in a housing development, a cook was walking and he stumbled upon a skull. The skull was alone on the ground, and upon further investigation, they also discovered nearby a human torso. Oh, my God. It appeared that the body had been there about a week or so, and then they also found other remains of a pelvis. A hundred feet away, a detective saw something that caught his eye under a tree. He saw a hand poking up from under some shrub. Over the hands was carpet, and he got closer, and he saw that there was blood on this hand. He lifted up the carpet and found a deceased white male. It appeared like he hadn't been there that long, but he had ligature marks around his wrists, legs, and neck. He was nude and his genitals had been removed. See, I said that before, stabbing at his dick. So the detectives are thinking, okay, did they 
remove his genitals to hide any DNA evidence? You know, did they like have sex? Is there semen? What or what was the purpose of this? they want to eat it or something? Oh, God. There was, <laughs> well? no, there was no evidence at all left behind there that they could find. And they were starting to think like, were, were all of these cases connected? They worked to identify the victim by running his fingerprints. And they were able to determine that he was 21-year-old Richard Montgomery. He had been living with his sister and brother-in-law. He did anything he could to make money. He would take like construction jobs. He was always looking to make a buck. Investigators were also trying to find out whose torso was found near Richard's body. On the torso, on the back... There was a large tattoo, and they made that tattoo public. At the scene, they weren't able to find any clues in the clothing. There weren't weapons, nothing. But then on Richard Montgomery, they were able to find a tiny little paint chip on his body. There were rope marks on the trees nearby, so then they figured, okay, so somebody must be taking their victims out tying them to a tree because of where the ligature marks would be on their body. So neck, wrists, etc. And then they could see it in the trees. So the police were working to keep the public informed. They had the tattoo out. And one day the detectives received a phone call from a frantic mother who recognized the tattoo on her son. Oh, that's the worst. Her son was 25-year-old Kenny Smith, and he had recently moved to the area from Naples. So <laughs> just so sad. They were able to find out that the culprit would lure men who were looking to make money somehow into his car. So they set up a task force and were able to determine they had a serial killer on the loose. And they're like, okay, this guy obviously, or culprit, gets sexual arousal from what they would do to the victims. Well, yeah, and cutting off their genitals. I would imagine that's for sexual arousal too. God, you just would hope that he did that post-mortem. Right. We would hope they were not alive while that was happening. Ugh. Well, they had a little break in the case. There was an inmate at the local prison. He said that when he, he was in Fort Myers, obviously before he was incarcerated, Fort Myers, a guy pulled up and offered him some beer. He got in. They drove away. He also gave him Valium, more beer, and marijuana. The guy had told him- So he was trying to get him fucked up. Yes, the guy said that he would pay for pictures of him tied up to trees in like a bondage sort of photograph. So they go down this road and while they're driving, they got stuck in some mud. He's like, hey, I'll get out and push the car. And the guy, I guess, got really weird, super awkward. And he's like, no, you steer. I'm going to get out and push. So this guy was like, okay, that seems kind of weird. Like he got super odd. The guy turns around and notices in the back of the car, there was a tarp and a knife on the floor. And he's Mm -mm. like, fuck this. He floored the car and was able to take off. Wow. He got pulled over, not that far away by cops, but the car had been reported stolen previously. And that's ultimately why this guy was in jail. Oh, wow. The car was stolen in Charlotte County. The car belonged to Daniel Conahan Sr., but Daniel Conahan Jr. was the one who reported it missing. He lived in Punta Gorda. He had been in the military. This is Daniel Conahan Jr. He had been in the military but had been dishonorably discharged. He had charges on his criminal record because he had tried luring some sailors on the beach um, and he had got into an altercation and he had hit a guy with a rock that same day on the beach. Oh my God. He had previously worked as a nurse in a hospital, so he had a medical background and which went upon further inspection of these bodies, they noticed that all of the, on the body, the incisions were clean. 
So they had thought like this would be somebody who might have had a medical background. So detectives put him under 24-7 surveillance because they want to figure out what his MO was. But he, So wait, hold on though. What happened with the guy who took off in his car? He got in jail because the car was stolen. Because they like, thought he stole it? Mm-hmm. But wasn't he like, no, this crazy dude? I guess they probably just thought he was full of shit. Wow. Because the car How was stolen. up for that guy? You know what? I don't know, too, if he ended up getting out of jail because of it. That's a good question. Like, he just nearly had his life taken. Yeah. He narrowly dodged that bullet, and now he's in jail for a car he didn't even steal. Mm-hmm. He was just getting away. Mm-hmm. That's fucked up. Detectives noticed that Daniel has patterns. Whenever he was driving, he'd be turning around to make sure no one was following him. He would also drive in areas where people were at bus stations, where there was high homeless population. So it seemed that he was looking for people who wouldn't be missed. Looking for victims. Detectives' plan was to bait him into a trap, so they put out some decoys. Scott Clemens was an undercover detective, and he was asked to do this undercover work, and he looked very similar to the last known victim. Daniel went into this park, and Scott went into the park too. What he was supposed to do was try to make contact with Daniel. So Scott goes into the bathroom, and while he was walking out, Daniel was walking in, and then Daniel left and followed Scott. Daniel approached Scott and talked to him, and he said, what's your name? And Scott made up a name. He also said he didn't know the area and that he had just gotten there from Georgia. Daniel knew the park well, and he led Scott to a deep part of the park, and he propositioned him for sex and to make 20 bucks. Scott said yes. 20 bucks? 20 bucks. He asked to see the $20, and Daniel didn't have it. And he said, hey, if we go for a ride to the ATM, I can get you the money. The police were like, no, 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 we we can't let him leave. You can't let him leave the park because obviously they had shit baited or, you know, trapped for him. So he asked Daniel what else he'd like. Daniel said that he'd like to take pictures of him naked in bondage. So this was his MO, right? Mm -hmm. Scott said he didn't have time, and then Daniel grew super suspicious, and he took off. So the operation was done for the night, but the investigators had a plan in place. They decided to pull him over in a traffic stop, and they brought him in under the guise of him being involved in the crimes. So they took him to a hotel room that they had wired with audio and video and interviewed him. He acted like he was the smartest guy in the room, so he's very, very smart, but he was also very friendly. He said that he had heard about the crimes, but he had read about them in the newspapers but then also he had seen it on tv so they asked him if he liked bondage or he did that he said no they talked about the undercover cop scott in the park and he said well it didn't happen and he's like i i don't like bondage i i guess i like bondage but it's embarrassing to talk about it's kind of what he said right backtracking mm-hmm. then they said they had a search warrant for his house he still denied everything but they had enough probable cause to be able to search his house. In his house, they got clothes, rope, pliers, paring knives, tarps, tape, and then they were also able to take a sample of paint from Daniel's car. Mm, During the interview... The paint chip on the mm-hmm. torso, right? Wasn't it on the torso? Yep. Yeah. During the interview, they left on a good note with Daniel, but they had no confession from him. So they still continued to surveil him. Another story came up from a detective in Fort Myers, and they had a similar story, and their victim also lived. The victim had pretended to pass out when he was tied to the tree, and 
That's how he was able to get away. They show the detective a photo of Richard Montgomery's ligature marks, and they looked similar. The victim also was able to identify Daniel from a photo lineup. Dang. Daniel was arrested and charged with attempted murder and rape of the victim from Fort Myers. The swab from the paint chip matched the car paint chips, and that was huge for this case. They were able to charge him with the murder of Richard Montgomery, and they knew that he'd pick up his victims, ask them to pose nude for a bondage scenario. He'd offer them between $100 and $250. What he would do is he would just put some light ties around them during the pictures, and then he'd act like he was taking them off, and he'd then cinch the ligature against the tree, choke them out, and kill them. Oh my strangle God. them. August 9th, 1999, he stood trial. He pled not guilty. Eight days later, he was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. In the Brown's backyard at the beginning of the story, they still don't know who that body was. They do think wow. that he probably has 16 victims out there. And he was also never charged in Kenny Smith's death due to lack of evidence. But he is still alive and in prison. Wow, he's still on death row? Yep. Dang. I thought that story was so crazy because of just thinking, you know, you let your dogs out and they just find some bones and knowing. And that's what started the whole thing. Uh-huh. And thank God that inmate, however he saw or heard that this was happening, to be able to say that hey this happened to me this was the car and then i mean without that who knows how long this guy would have been out on right. the loose for because they were able to get daniel's name because of the stolen car that he himself reported stolen so so crazy mm-hmm. one well, obviously he had a, he it seems like he had been doing this for quite some time mm-hmm. like he had a lot of victims and they're unsure of how many total victims that he does have which is just crappy yeah and they'll probably never know unless he decides he's going to admit it before mm-hmm. you know before he's executed yep i always wonder why they stay on death row so long sometimes like isn't it cost more money to keep them in the prison system than just i don't know the answer to that but to just you liked my noise <laughs> didn't you yeah, well, and actually, I mean, they, they don't even do electrocution anymore, right? Isn't that like illegal? I think, now? yeah, I think it's just the lethal, lethal injection. Yeah, but you know what? Like, there has been some shows that I've watched that people are on death row and they are find in- found innocent. Yeah, it's crazy. So I guess that wouldn't work in their favor if they, if they were not on death row long, right? right? I don't know. I don't know much about that. I also would like to point out that I said a big word postmortem and like you didn't even bat an eye. So, well, I expect you to know big words. So, <laughs> you should take that as a compliment. I don't even know if that's a big word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> remember the one word that I said and you were so impressed? I was turned on by it, but now it's I like don't remember what it was. Gas traumatic spectrometer. I oh, think. damn. <laughs> Had that one locked and loaded, ready to go. Thank you, Forensic Files, huh? Right. How many times do you have to rewind it to like... Say it again. Mm-hmm. Like, All right. Am I saying it right? And I then you put remember. it into Google and then have them say it so you could just keep hearing it over and over again. <laughs> I can't remember how to say a hey-go, but... But we've never heard the correct pronunciation of it either. I mean, in that one article, I want to say it said a hey-go... 
I think that's what it is, but I don't know. We look up so much weird fucking shit. It's hard for me to remember like every dirty detail. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to be honest with you. My true crime story was it was a cold night where I (laughs) settled down with a blanket and a bottle of wine and was a little drunk. So it's going to make a lot of sense. (laughs) Maybe. I'm hoping by the time like the episode was done, I was feeling pretty good. Uh-huh. So, and I have not looked at my notes since said night. <laughs> I'm here for this. So, here's to hoping it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> we can at least try to piece it together. Uh, we might have to. Yeah. <laughs> so, here we go. So my story took place in 2017. Oh, really recent yeah, then. Yeah, so fairly recent in Alsea, Oregon. And it is about a lady named Anna Repkina. She was 27 and she came from a strong Russian family. She was very smart, intelligent. She loved to travel. And she had recently broken up with her boyfriend of seven years. Now, she lived in Russia as well, too. She went on a dating website and she found 26-year-old Will Hargrove. He paid attention to her, sent her flowers from the United States to Russia. They bonded over music. They constantly FaceTimed thousands and thousands of text messages. He said Anna was the love of his life and she was in love with him, too. Will worked as a local mechanic at an auto dealership. He was a likable guy. Women liked him. He was very charismatic. And he had said that he was in the military and had been stationed in Russia. And so he had an affinity for all things Russian. So Anna decided to fly to the States and spend the holidays in Oregon to see if their virtual love would work in real life too. December of 2016, she traveled to the U.S. and spent several weeks with Will. She had a great time, took a lot of pictures, and by the end of the trip, they were engaged. Oh. So she had plans to pack up her life in Russia and move to Oregon to marry Will. Then, enter to the story, Michelle Chavez. Uh Uh-oh. She was married, but claimed her and her husband were just like roommates. Like, there was no romance, you know, they didn't have sex, anything like that. She met Will in 2015 while she was working as a cab driver. Will said he was unhappy at home, and the two just developed a relationship. They started talking. By 2016, the relationship grew to a new and unusual level, with Will renting a spare bedroom in Michelle's house, the same one she shared with her husband Mm. and kids. This isn't good. This, to me, is just... Bizarre. Not a good idea. And it's not clear what Michelle's husband knew about her relationship with Will. Michelle even gave her wedding ring to Will, a promise that she would leave her husband soon. But it wasn't enough for Will. He was going on internet dating sites. This is how he met Anna. And Will's friends thought that he was doing it out of jealousy, that maybe if he found someone, Michelle would get jealous and it would just kind of speed things up. And when Anna came to visit over the holidays... They stayed at Michelle's house. <laughs> this okay. whole situation, this whole situation is not only so bizarre, but to me, at some point in time, is it's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to boil. This over. is one of those things where it's like people are making their lives way harder than it has to be. Right. Like if this person's not willing to leave their husband for you, move along. Right. Like it. It just this to me just kept getting 
more bizarre and more bizarre. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because I was drunk, but. Well, no, <laughs> renting a room with your girlfriend and her husband yeah. is weird. It's weird. It's never a good idea. It's not going to end well. Right, and I was I wish they would have touched more on Michelle's husband in this. He probably didn't give a shit. It, yeah. <laughs> I was like, maybe he was doing his own thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. So Anna seemed to know nothing of Will and Michelle's relationship. And it was said that they were in his room most of the time. They didn't, like, spend time out by Michelle at all. When Anna returned March 1st of 2017 with the intention of moving to Oregon and becoming Will's wife, Michelle was not happy. Michelle said that they couldn't stay there, and so Will and Anna read in their own apartment. Thank God. Uh-huh. I mean, shit still went south, obviously. I wouldn't be talking about it, but this story is just so weird Oh, you mean me. they don't just have a, a polyamorous, is that the right word, relationship, right, yeah. and they just all lived happily ever after? <laughs> oh, because that wouldn't make sense, no. right? So Will still continued to float back and forth between both places, between his apartment with Anna and Michelle's house. Anna would have to contact Will's friends to try and find out where he was. And then she eventually started to become suspicious. He was always trying to be something that he wasn't. And she also found out that he was never even in the armed forces. He just told people that he was. Red flag. Yeah. So Michelle friended Anna on Facebook and saw Anna's engagement ring. Turns out it was Michelle's Uh wedding ring. (laughs) Knew that's where that was going. The one she had given to Will. So (laughs) cheap bastard. Like what? The ring was like a green stone. Like how did you not think? I don't know. The tangled webs we weave. Yeah. Will had told Anna that the ring belonged to his grandmother. Like she had no idea. So on March 22nd, Anna received a Facebook message from Michelle just basically talking about sharing Will. Mm. (laughs) So there you go. The polygamist, whatever. But Will has said that Michelle is crazy. She's a crazy ex-girlfriend. And so that's all Anna knows about her. Like she doesn't, she doesn't really know much about Michelle. So Anna said, no way. (laughs) Get the fuck out of our lives. I just called moved her. here from Russia. Russia, yeah. Come on. She's like, get out of our lives. Called her a bitch. And Michelle was like, girl, I'm just getting started being a bitch. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, so just dun. three days later, Anna and Will headed to the Oregon coast for their wedding ceremony. On the way, Will stopped at a Walmart to buy their wedding bands, but was on the phone with Michelle the whole time. He was buying their wedding bands at Walmart and just whether or not he was going to see her that night. And Michelle didn't know anything about the wedding at all either. So they go to the beach and the officiant doesn't show up. Will called some video game stores pretending he was calling wedding officials to show how mad he was about it. But he... Oh, my God. But he actually never arranged for a marriage officiant or license. Nothing. Nothing was set up. Like... This poor girl. I know. Like, there's something, something, yeah. There had been so many red flags going off here. And the only picture or video of Anna from that day is in a McDonald's drive through in her wedding dress. Oh, that is the saddest <sighs> sentence ever. Yeah. So Anna had her, like, heart set just on a rescheduled date. At that point, Michelle gave Will an ultimatum, her or Anna. She was like, you got to choose. 
Will told Michelle that she was his choice. April 19th was the deadline they had set. She was to be done with her marriage and Will done with Anna. So they had like set this date where they Mm -hmm. both had to be done with their, you know, significant others. Anna sounds like she's collateral damage. To me, it feels like Anna had no clue. I don't think so either. About any of this. (sighs) Well, I mean, she has a clue when she got that email, but I don't think she knew how cray cray Will was. No, because he made it seem like the girls were the crazy ones, not him, Uh which I feel is typical of men sometimes. Sometimes, not all the time. Calm down, guys, okay? Relax. Relax. Deep breaths. Will gave Michelle the impression that Anna just wouldn't leave, but again, Anna knew none of this. So Saturday night, April 15th, Michelle was supposed to have dinner at Will's apartment, but by 8 p.m. that night, Will says he can't come over, that Anna is back again. Tons of texts between the two of them. He texted Michelle that he would have the situation handled by 6 p.m. the following day. So Michelle continued calling and texting Will. Will turned off his phone. She took that as he had made Anna his choice, left him several voicemails asking him why, but saying that she would let him be. She was upset. She was disappointed. Just after 4 p.m. the next day, Will called Michelle, saying he was at the coast and was on his way back home, but he had almost hit a deer, had a flat tire, and needed help. So Michelle went to help him. He told Michelle him and Anna got into a fight. He said horrible things, and she had packed her suitcases and left for good. They had makeup sex in the front seat of the car, and she went back home. So random to me. Meet me out. I need some help. Let's fuck in the car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she was so elated. I guess. He chose me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll i show you pictures of this Will guy afterwards, but to me, he was nobody to be fighting over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so Will stopped at a gas station, withdrew $200 from Anna's account, and cried to a gas station attendant that his girlfriend Anna had left him. He even, like, hugged this gas station attendant's. So weird. He did not know this attendant. Will headed to a second ATM and withdrew $600 more from Anna's account. Then he drives to another Mm -hmm. bank and deposits $160 of that into his bank account. And then he called to update his insurance, his car insurance, which he apparently was late on paying because they were saying they were going to repossess his car. So all of a sudden he had the money to pay it. An urgent call that a body had been found came in April 17th. 2017. The body was discovered on a remote logging road by a local caretaker who was out walking his dog that day in a place that he didn't usually walk. And if he hadn't have found her, they said they probably would have never found her. The victim was 27-year-old Anna Ripkina. She had been shot in the back of the head with a shotgun. She was surrounded by a bunch of trash. Oh my god. Terrible. And I feel so terrible for poor Anna because she really had no clue, in my opinion. No, she got caught into this terrible she mess. She was a pawn, basically, yes. in my opinion. Yes. Will was sending her text messages asking if she was okay, Anna, mm-hmm. and researching time travel. <laughs> That's normal. That's what you do. He must have felt guilty. He wanted to go back in time and... Yeah. Unshoot the gun. So he was on these websites asking how to, for help how to travel back in time to <laughs> April 16th to correct a horrible mistake he had made. <laughs> oh he was God. saying this like on internet forums. What the fuck? He was asking strangers for help for time travel and offering his... What do you think he's offering in exchange for help? The ring? His soul. His soul. <laughs> 
no. This poor, I feel so bad for this poor girl. I know. Nobody wants your soul, Will. Nobody wants your Nobody wants it. dirty, dark soul. Yeah. Investigators <laughs> found a lead with a KFC receipt on it with a timestamp from some of the garbage that was surrounding Anna. Uh-uh. The card used to make the KFC purchase was from a man named Kevin Thomas. Kevin called Will his brother. It was his card used at the KFC. Will had asked Kevin to borrow his shotgun as well, too. Oh, Jeez. Will hadn't returned the shotgun. Will lied and said he was with Michelle and dumped the trash outside of a general store. And then he texted Michelle to back up the lie. So this guy is just a fucking so he idiot. threw Anna into this heap and there's trash nearby. Yeah. So he And it like, was his trash. Yeah. He, he killed her. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that yet, right? Well, we know. We know. Okay. Yeah. And then like threw a bunch of trash out of his car around her. Like I just... This guy is a fucking moron. Well, he thought the time travel would work. Uh, b- apparently Shouldn't so. you research that before you kill somebody? Uh, you would think maybe so. Maybe practice a time or two. Or maybe he did. Maybe he was able to do it, but then because he went back in time, he forgot. Right. <laughs> this fucking guy. Oh, God. This is so scary to me that yeah. these people walk among us. And these are people, wonderful you know, people like Anna are meeting on the internet that had no idea what they're getting themselves into. Because she seemed like a really nice person. Uh-huh. So, obviously, at this point, the police are questioning Will. <laughs> and it's time travel. Uh, so, he told the police that Anna was a psycho, that he just met her walking around downtown. You know, everything, all their communication can be verified. The fact that she wasn't even from the United States. How could you? Okay. this. And so when she, you know, they interview maybe her family members, um, they're not, his name's never going to come up. Do you think, yeah, they're not going to question a bunch of people surrounding this? Why was Anna going to Oregon? Um, I don't know. Just to walk around downtown? Right. They're going to say his name. Yeah. He said they only went on two dates. And then the police told him that his trash was found by Anna's body. He then asked for a lawyer. He was placed under arrest. Michelle was questioned, and Michelle admitted that she lied about her whereabouts that or about his whereabouts that day because he had asked her to. And oh, she didn't know that he had murdered someone. Now I didn't really care for Michelle, but I don't think she had anything to do with this. They told her Will was arrested for the murder. And the defense actually tried to blame Michelle, um, showing like phone records that Michelle had been at the exact location where Anna's body was found a month before. Um, but she said it was because Will took her there. So, hmm. you know, maybe he was trying to put doubt about her as well, too, this entire time. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's really smart. Maybe he's really dumb. He's not smart. You know, he's not smart. Don't give this man any credit at all no and i really i i still don't think michelle had anything to do with it days after will's arrest kevin's shotgun was found in the back of will's vehicle will's drive with anna was tracked the gps tracked will's phone to the murder site because oh he called michelle at the murder site too that same mcdonald's receipt too from the would-be wedding day was found by her body the trial took a month will hargrove was found guilty of murder and he was sentenced to life in prison. Damn. Yeah. I really feel sorry for Anna because... Collateral damage. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, she... 
I don't even, what was his whole point? Just because Michelle wasn't leaving her husband? It seemed, it seemed like he did want to make her jealous. And so that's where, I don't think if, if it wouldn't have been Anna that fell for him that's first. What you, if it, that's what you wanted, you wanted to make her jealous, then you could have just broken it off with her then right. why I don't understand why she had to die because you decided you wanted to be with Michelle right so this if it bizarre. wouldn't have been Anna I felt it would have been anybody who said okay I'm interested in you will right because he needed somebody to make Michelle jealous uh-huh. but then he didn't think that far into it like okay now you've made Michelle jealous it your plan worked but now what are you going to do with the other woman yeah just break up with her you don't right. have to take her someplace and kill her by shooting her in the back of the head with a shotgun Ugh. and then like what is she gonna do she gonna say no you can't break up with me okay but you're still not with her yeah I, I don't... i'm sure she would have packed her shit and gone back to russia and moved on with her mm. life you know like there was no need to kill her yeah <sighs> this guy was just a fucking idiot i'm gonna show you this picture now just okay and I think that Anna is pretty. Is that Anna on the right yeah. there? He's no prize in my uh, opinion, but. Good old boy. Maybe also just knowing what he did. Yeah, makes just, it worse. Makes it worse. He's even uglier he to me. Because he's an ugly soul. Yeah. For sale on the time travel websites. Like, what an idiot. Do you not know you can track everything online? Every post you make, everything you do? I mean, thank God, because they you know, found him yeah. and charged him. Or able so, to get him that way. You know, because I'm sure Anna's family, what you know, wants justice. Right. But none of it brings her back. No. You know. Poor girl. Ugh. Well, it kind of, there's, some of the stuff was reminding me of Chris Watts, who we've talked about a few times, but mm-hmm. like with the whole, all the text messages after she's already dead. Yeah. But then I wanted to tell you, I've we watched this documentary on HBO called The Vow, which was about the Nexium cult. You've told me about this and I have it like cued on my Netflix. Like I watched the first five minutes of it so that it would be in my recently watched so yeah. I could remember. It is insane. I didn't know I could hate somebody so much as I do. So I'm not going to give anything away. I recommend watching it. I recommend not Googling anything until you finished watching it because then it's kind of like, you know, you're icing on your cake sort of thing. But I just couldn't believe that cults still exist. I watched just that first five minutes. And from what I saw, there was a woman who was talking about how she got asked to enter this program and she went to a hotel and it was like not what she was thinking it was going to be. And that's all I've, as far as I've gotten right now. Well, it does. I mean, I don't think it really started out as a cult. And I honestly, I think what they started out this whole thing with had some really good intentions. And some of the stuff I was like, oh man, like if you could access that part of your brain and figure out how to control your emotions on these certain things, it probably could be very useful. Mm -hmm. It honestly could have. But then you have somebody who knows how to manipulate and it was – I couldn't wait for it to be over because I just hated this person so much. The guy who's on trial, right? Because they showed that at the beginning too, that there's a guy on trial. The guy who started the whole thing. Yes, him, Keith. He he actually – this is fucking crazy. So he grosses me out so much. Every time he's on the screen and there's like – they do the – they play volleyball and there's Mm -hmm. this – there's so many times they show it, but he has like his hair in this ponytail and he's wearing a sweatband and like, oh, I ended up having, <laughs> I ended up having a dream that I was dating Weird Al Yankovic. Oh 
like yeah. I have no idea why, but um, I was okay with dating him because he smelled really good, which is really funny because if you know me, like I like smells. But I remember giving him a hand job. <laughs> giving weird Al Yankovic a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing I could think of is why would this be in my mind? It's because, I mean, Weird Al kind of grosses me out a little bit. Like, he's not a very attractive man to me. Did he remind you of this guy? No, but so I don't know. But this Keith, he he grosses me out so bad. And I just, ugh. So I would like to talk about it in the next couple of weeks. my Halloween costume next year. Weird Al? No, Keith. Okay, okay. I'll go as Weird Al then. <laughs> But uh, interesting documentary for sure. I highly recommend watching it. And I'm gonna watch it for sure. I was I was interested. I just didn't have time to yeah. quite get into it. All right. So then next week's episode is um, our childhood stories. Yeah. I'm glad that my true crime made sense too. I was a little. It was perfect. You knocked it out my, of the park. Uh, drunken self would take some really bad notes, but apparently drunk me took really good. You're notes. a professional drunk. You should have seen me drunk watching this. I was like, this fucking guy. Yeah, I can't imagine. Sometimes you do want to yell at the screen. Yes. I'm like, what a fucking moron. But anyways. You can send in any stories that you have for your childhood stories to blondmomentspodcast at gmail.com or our Instagram. Slide in our DMs. Mm-hmm. And then I'll end today's episode on a blonde joke that I really enjoy. Yes. A blonde drops off her black dress at the cleaners. On the way out, the lady at the counter says, come again. The blonde says, no, it's toothpaste this time, you nosy bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one, too. One of my favorites. (laughs) 